This is Dubai Eye 103.8. Startup Clinic. And we have someone who is going to answer those questions in the studio now. Don't laugh. You're supposed to be the expert here. Uh, we are joined by David McKenzie. He is the MD of McKenzie Jones and founder of Mums at Work. David, really lovely to have you on. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. So, um, let's get it out of the way. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all of the rest of it. Hope all you had a lovely that. time with your family. Um, and your big boys have been back eating oh my out God. of house and home, I no, presume. Seriously, my, <laughs> f- my fridge is empty. It's like the plague of locusts have been in there. <laughs> that serves you right for having sons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you should have had daughters, they eat less. They try. But. Um, yes, indeed. So, David, I guess one of the things Sarah and I have been talking about um, this, this afternoon is about starting 2020 off with mm. a bang, making sure this year is a good year for you and I guess as individuals you know we sometimes think about making new year's resolutions but one of the other considerations is if you are running a company is it a good time to maybe refocus and maybe think about some resolutions for the business as well yeah I think I go into every new year thinking of three or four things I want to change or do differently so and the the very yeah the very achievable because I think you have to reinvigorate yourself every year because when you've been here a long time and I've been here an awful long time you, you can just sort of drift it year to year to year. So I think set yourself three or four very achievable goals. It could be learning more, uh, developing a new part of your business. Really just, I think you need to really think about it and make them achievable. People, go, people have these massive um, New Year's resolutions like I'm going to become the chief executive of a company in two years' time. Make it achievable because then you can measure. I'm going to get those. an interview at the company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's those things, you know, you have to be realistic. And I think people with New Year's resolutions often are unrealistic, especially on the personal front as well. Uh, and Sarah, do you think it's a good time of year to be making those resolutions? I absolutely think it is. I think that um, the new year, obviously, your new budget for business is kicking in. So there's a lot of planning, of course, that goes into the budgeting stage. So when you are preparing for your budgets, obviously, you've got, you know, certain um, revenue forecasts that you want to achieve. And then you're you're trying to figure out and work backwards how you're going to do that. So absolutely, I think the new year is a time to kick it in. And um, personally, I've actually never been someone that sets new year's resolutions i think that it's quite it's kind of corny what i'm going to say but um i, I personally think that it's, it's constantly uh, you know it should be a journey of self discovery and growth con- on a constant basis but like um like david says i think it's a time to re- reinvigorate yourself so i'm not i'm not adverse to you the often, idea you, sometimes you need to kick start yeah you, i think you right. do you, you the, the economy's average at the moment let's face it and i think going into the new year i go in with a sense of optimism because there's stuff you can do that can change. And I think the economy will get better. We all know that. And I think now's the time to do those changes. So when it does kick in, you, the changes are made. Yeah. So I think it's a good time. Yeah, I think you, 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 you kind of fall into either camp, whether you make re- the New Year's resolutions at all or not. So hmm. it's good to see that you're in, what, the, what, in the former. What are your personal ones now? Um, this year, yesterday, I was in Muscat. I was sitting yeah, by a pool nice. thinking, okay, one of the things I want to do more of next year is travel, which I know sounds ridiculous. You've been traveling all year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like something that I, en- I was thinking, what do I really, I really enjoy it. So I want to commit to doing more of this and focusing more mm. of my time and finances towards doing more of it because I, I enjoy it. But this is a good thing about business. You, you said that the key thing there, enjoy yeah, you, you have to enjoy what you do. Now, times there are times when you're in business when it is awful. It's it's horrendous. We've had a you know mixed year. I think we've had mm. some massive highs and massive lows. But I think you have to enjoy your job 
and look at what you do on a day-to-day basis and the bits you enjoy and try and do more of that. So whether, it, whether it's uh, additional learning, you know, hiring different people, hiring people that are very different to you, those sorts of things. And I guess f- for you, you have lots of different roles. You're working as a founder of one company, you're an MD of another company. So mm. you're, you're, you're looking at this from a lot of different perspectives. And on that basis, we've had a few people get in touch on 4001. Sarah, there's a couple of questions that have come in for you as well. We'll start with this one. This is from Alison. And I guess Alison's heard what we've been talking about and says, I feel like I've hit a bit of a rough patch in my business. We're not necessarily doing badly, but I feel the team... And this is crucial. More importantly, I have lost focus. Um, Any tips or ideas on how I can get back on track? Yeah. I mean, I I took the view a couple of years ago to to replace myself, which is a big thing for an owner to do, because I realized that I was recreating the same ideas I've had for 10 years. So (laughs) now, has that worked? To a degree, yes. And, and to a degree, no, it's actually not been a success. But the two people I've got running the businesses are learning and they're developing and they're, and they're getting better. And I just need to make sure I don't stick my oar in and do it again. So with Alison, I think if you realize that you're not adding value, you need to find somebody outside the business or in the business that can add value. Yeah. And trust them. I guess, you know, it, it takes a lot, though, for someone like Alison or someone like you to say, I don't think I am doing the best for this business at the moment you, you've got to be realistic because you know the problem with owner managers that they, they they almost destroy their own business because they still think they're brilliant 10 years on from starting the business and things change you know social media has changed the the business i'm in recruitment etc so i think you just you need to take a long hard look at yourself and get advice from people that are outside of your business like your partner or your friends and just sound ideas off on them I mean, it could be quite an expensive move, though, replacing yourself. You're, you're still going to have to pay yourself and you're still going to have to pay that person that becomes you. Yeah. And, and this is the problem we've had. You know, we, yeah. we've, we've doubled our payroll and, and we haven't doubled our revenue. So, yeah, it's taken us a big hit. But I, I seriously think it's the best investment I've ever made. Really? And it's, it, Did it work in the first year? No, it didn't. It was actually, you know. Bit of not, a disaster. Yeah, a bit of a disaster. Um, because let's, let's hope they're not listening. No, well, they are. I mean, we've had this conversation. The other thing is to, to engage with the people because the team I've got are very good. We, they're just maturing and they just need time to get better. And I think they will do. If not, then I have to relook at it from a different perspective and I have to get back in the business. But if you are going to really change your business and change the way you work, you need to trust people and you need to give them the chance to do the right thing. They may mess it up completely in the first year, but if you really believe in them, they will get it right. And, and Sarah, you're head of operations at Virtuzone. You have a team that work um, underneath you, I want for, for want of a better phrase. But you have to manage people. You have to manage how things run and those operations. How do you help people on your team who feel like Alison, who think, I'm just going through a bit of a lull. I'm going through a bit of a bad patch. How do you sort of, you know, reinvigorate them and get them back on task? Yeah, well, I think what's great about Alison is that she's recognized that there there is a, a demand for something better or there's a weakness. And and one of the first things, actually, when George Hajaj came in as CEO about a year and a half ago, one of the first things he said to me, which really struck a chord and, and, and garnered a huge amount of respect from me for him, was that... Um, I know that I'm good at certain things, but I'm not good at everything. And I need to hire people that are better at me in certain things. And I need to be able to strong enough to accept that. So I think that it's great that Alison can look at this and realize that, okay, you know, I'm, I'm falling behind on certain things. And like David said, you need to hire people that are better at you or being or able to do something better or hopefully can do it better than you because mm. you absolutely as owner, you cannot do everything. Um, 
but in terms of uh, in an employment situation like my team, yeah, there are times when people lack motivation or skill and you just constantly need to hone those skills and train them. Um, so it's constantly ongoing training. And um, there's we work in an industry with the government, so regulation, just b- being up to date with um, changing changes in legislation yeah. is key. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the thing is also, don't be afraid to talk to people and let them go. Because yeah. they might not be right for the role they're in, but do it properly. You know, manage them through that process, and yeah. you might want to swap out your staff because they're not right for the business. Yeah, it's a it's a awful thing to say that, but because of people's lives and careers. But if you if they're in a job and they're not doing well, and and you've given them the uh, the performance management coaching, and they haven't succeeded, then you have to have a tough conversation with them. Yeah. Okay. Rakesh has also been in touch via the Dubai Eye app and says, this is, nice. this is really nice. I have just taken on two employees. I have a very small business. Um, in the first year, it was just me. They're both going to be full-time from mid-January and I am nervous. I see myself as a creative rather than a people manager. Help. What do you do, David? I, I think you talk to the people and say, by the way, right, I'm really good at the creative bit. I'm not great at the people management bit. How do you want to be managed? Talk to them, engage with them, because these people have taken a huge leap of faith by coming to work at your company. Mm. So treat them as adults and ask them what they expect from you. Set very clear definitions of what their jobs are and very key measurements. So if you're expecting them to do X amount, then measure them on that. But also have a a dialogue with them. They're not employees when you're that small. They're colleagues. Yeah. I I mean, I guess if you're so used to working on your own and it might have been an office underneath the stairs in your house, you know, (laughs) I don't know what this situation Rakesh has, but it could be, you know, Rakesh under his under his stairs with a small desk running this company on his own. And then all of a sudden there's an office and there's people and there's what time are people coming into work? And, you know, what am I off? All of these considerations that you know. But we've all done that. I mean, you know, MJ started with me in my shorts in the Crown Plaza in in no air conditioned office. And And look, six years later... (laughs) Six years later, there's no difference. <laughs> you're, you're in the Dubai Eye studio in your shorts and t-shirt. It's Hopefully. a Saturday. We'll let him off. Yeah, that's it's not a Saturday. picking up on the yeah. webcam. Is it? <laughs> Thanks, Nat. Um, but I think everyone started there. And also, by the way, you would get this wrong every single time. The, you, you will go through four or five different uh, different forms of your company, and you will you may never get it right. We're constantly changing our business because. Yeah. You have to because the environment changes, the people change and the, and the market changes. Well, it's funny you should say that last week on the show we were discussing brands and re- mm. rebranding and the importance of that. Um, you know, women at work, mums at work, you know, yeah. that was a, an essential rebrand. You looked at what you were doing, you looked at what you were offering and people came to you and said, I'm not a mum, but I still exactly. want support back into the workplace. Can you help me? So it's a case of listening to your customers, I guess, but, but as that, well. That's, Louise did that and she did a very good job of it, but I was actually quite reticent because we built up <sighs> such a great brand with with mums at work no i think it was the right thing to do it used to annoy me actually that it was called mums at work now you tell me i know but <laughs> <laughs> no I, I just think it's more inclusive now it's it yeah and actually that is the point and lou said to us about six months ago we have to make it more women at work because not everyone is a mum and we, yeah. we place an awful lot of people that weren't mums so yeah. yeah it was a great call but yeah. i was always it was such a strong brand and, yeah. and it was 
It but it still is. You used to earn, and yeah, it yeah. still is. Sarah, let us know from a virtue zone side of things. Do you get a lot of people coming to you thinking, right, it's the start of the year, I am going to set up this company? Is January quite a busy time for you guys? January is, t- it tends to be busy with inquiries. I mean, I would say the latter half of January as opposed to the beginning, which is when, you know, people are celebrating the new year and getting over the Christmas holidays and whatnot. So, yeah, mid to end January tends to be very busy with um, new, excited, um, and in invigorated uh, entrepreneurs looking to start, uh, set up and start the year out with um, with their business uh, goals. Okay, on that note, we've had an anonymous message come in and it's a question for David. It says, um, do you think it's worth doing a team meeting at the start of the year, talking through the goals, plans, things you want to focus on? And um, anonymous says, I have a consultancy firm of about seven people plus me, if that helps with the answer so team meeting a sort of okay here's 2020 here are our goals for the year here is our message this is what we want to achieve it's very telling your staff what you're doing the better way to do it is probably engage with them and sit them down and say right this is what i'd like this year to be like what do, what do you think what are your inputs and so i think see in my business all our guys have one-on-ones with the md and that's where the feedback comes from we then write the budgets And then we present at the beginning of the year or the first quarter about this is what our plans are for the year. But we will have engaged with all the people before then. So it's very difficult when you tell somebody what's going to happen if they have had no input, certainly if there's only seven people in the business. I guess so. The the person that's texting, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, they're just saying talking through goals. So I don't know if they mean collaborative, you know, sitting down and having a... I I mean, I don't know. Or it could be what you're saying. They could be saying this is what we're going to do this year. Um, but I guess does that group situation work, a team meeting where you sort of sit down and say, what are our goals for the year? What do we want to achieve as a company? Is that something that would be, you know, a good addition? Or? I, I th- I, we do it. Yeah. And, and we present every quarter on what our figures have been the last quarter and what we're going to do differently for the next quarter. So it just means people are more engaged. And they, and they hopefully then, a good bellwether on this one is to figure out if they ask questions afterwards. If they don't, then they're not engaged. Yeah. So that's a very good benchmark, I think. But I think you should, the more you talk to people, the more you get an impression of what their perception is of the company and and the more you can hopefully engage them with what you're trying to do. And uh, and from an employee's perspective, it's nice to feel like your voice matters and your opinion counts. Yeah. here, Here in the UAE, it's very interesting, actually. I think people are almost, sometimes they're commoditized because there's so many people in the market, the market's so transient that sometimes people forget that, that the most junior person has a voice. Yeah, okay. Or the most senior, you know, the old dog in the room like me, <laughs> you know, ha- has, has a voice. And I think that sometimes is, is neglected. Okay, we've had a couple of messages come in for you as well, so around 4001. This one is also anonymous. It says, hi, I need some urgent advice. Do you know if I need to have an office or a desk um, and proof of such rent for a business account in the UAE? I'm setting up an education consultancy in a free zone. Yeah. So if you're setting up an education consultancy in a free zone with uh, the free zone that you're setting up with, most likely you're going to get a flexi desk anyway. So um, it depends now if you're doing online education consultancy or you want to have if you're going around to different schools, it depends what kind of um, market and jurisdiction your clients would be in as well. So um, I believe it should be possible. You'll get a flexi desk uh, with your education consultancy in a free zone. But if you want a more holistic kind of consultancy around the answer that I can give you, um, drop us a, give us a call on 800-8923 and we'll talk you through your options. 
Okay. Um, Emma's been in touch. Says, I'm looking to scale up my business. 2019 was a good year for us, but I'm not sure where to go for help or support or advice. So uh, are there any places people can reach out to? Do either of you two know? I mean, my, 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 probably my guidance on that is always have a mentor. Yeah. You know, reach out to somebody and say, this is what my plans are. Or I talk to my competitors in the market, oddly enough. So I have a few MDs and other recruitment companies. I'll have a chat with, how's the market? What do you think is happening? I won't tell them all the you know, company secrets, but it's very good to get their opinion of what's happening to the market as well. So um, I, I think if you know your market and you've had a good year, keep going. Yeah. You know, the, the problem with entrepreneurs is they have a great year. They either spend all the money or they sit there and go, I just do the same as I did last year. You will never grow that way. You need to take risks. And unfortunately, those risks often don't work. But when they do work, it's fantastic. Your business doubles in size or triples in size or you become a brand, recognized brand in the market. It's interesting you, you mentioned about talking to your competitors. Um, somebody sat in that very seat just over two weeks ago, said the very same thing. Was it my friend? Have a guess who it was. I suspect it was either... Oh, it's Shane. Yeah, it yeah. Was Shane Phillips well, I, from the uh, Phillips Group. He said the he said the same thing. He said, "Talk to your competitors." Yeah, and and George was like, "Yeah, we do that. You know, we do that." And I think I was quite surprised at how you know, obviously, like you said, you're not going to trade, you know, information that could cost you clients and and have potential conflict. But you are having a conversation and a dialogue about how the markets are, how things are working, how you guys are faring, and I think that's interesting. Well, myself, Shane, and Toby have done a podcast recently. So, of course, uh, you have. Yeah, dumb, dumb, <laughs> and dumber. <laughs> so, in it, in it, we do share information, and we do we share we share consultants as well. So, if a consultant's leaving us and they want to go somewhere else, we'll pass them on to our competitors if they've done a good job. Yeah. So, there is a situation where you you, you need to get advice from other people, and, and you know, no man is an isolated island or woman, and I think you just need to be open to ideas. Yeah. And advice. Okay, we have another question for you, Sarah. This one um, is about selling a company. Um, it says, I want to sell my company. It's in great shape and I've had a few parties indicate um, they're interested. What licensing considerations do I need to keep in mind? I have a free, li- free zone license with REC. Yeah. So if you already have a free zone license with Russell Kema Economic Zone and you your business is doing well and it's in great shape and you've already got interest, I would I would advise that you, you know, you, you start the valuation process. Um, there's no real difference between having a free zone license and a mainland license, but I would just urge you to ensure that the activities on your license are as per what they should be. And if you are interacting with businesses in the mainland, um, then to perhaps subsidize and enhance your existing license with the branch license from mainland. Um, and just in terms of valuation, typically um, the valuation will be a, a bit higher or will be higher um, the longer back your company dates to. So if you do end up getting um, an enhanced uh, branch mainland license, keep the existing free zone license as well, because that will be that will tie into your incorporation date and uh, will have a positive effect on the valuation. Didn't realize that. That's really interesting. So the longer yeah. you've been here... It just, it just adds more substance to your business in general. So however long it's been established. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing okay there, Mackenzie, <laughs> Mackenzie Jones. Yes, yeah. Yeah. When, when did you guys start here? 2000 and we got our first license in 2005. Okay, yeah. So, um, which is a free zone, which is DMCC. But yeah. we also have an onshore license as well. 
So um, we were very clear we had to get that right. And we got... Absolutely, I mean, yeah. we certainly, Virtue Standard worked very closely with, with women at work and we, we it's been a great partner with us. And I think we've pushed a lot of people that way towards the um, the free zone license that you have. Because I think it's a really great idea, especially if you're a startup. Yeah. You don't want to splurge out exactly, on yeah. all those costs. So we do advise um, when clients are coming in for the initial inquiries that, you know, if you are starting out and this is your budget, then we'd advise you to go ahead with the free zone option because it is more cost effective. But there's a lot of work being done by the FDI at the moment to buy FDI. And they are, um, you know, establishing and releasing a lot of licenses that are more cost effective to buy base so there's more options now than there were than there oh, okay. were in 2005 and 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 so if we spin <clears throat> that question the other way around out of interest so um this person wants to sell their company and they think they've got someone who wants to buy it they're asking about licensing considerations because they have a free zone license with rack and you're sort of saying these things can help um you know these things can help in terms of you know the value what if you're looking to buy a business are there are there considerations when you're looking to you know what about this person who might buy it if i'm thinking about buying someone's business is there anything i need to check out and do, and do in terms of due diligence for a license oh, make absolutely. sure absolutely yeah i mean it works both ways so i would suggest if you're a buyer you would look at the license and make sure that they have the activities are correct and any any additional third party approvals that you might need from for example in the education sector sector you'd need to ensure that the KHD has signed off and approved you know this business to be able to be working in the educational sector of the UAE so um, absolutely you need to check out the um, activities um, the owners you know so I think when you're do when you're buying as well as like so the seller will be doing valuations the buyer should also be doing their research on who who is the business owner and um, personal as well as the business kind of background checks. Okay, um, one for you, David. Mm-hmm. This is talking about the theme we had on the show uh, last week, was which was about branding, rebranding. Um, what advice do you have for people who are thinking about rebranding in the new year? Why are you doing it for a start? Is there, is there a reason? Because when we rebranded Mums at Work to Women at Work, we immediately took a hit, certainly on things like social media. We had to re. Yeah. basically revamp our social media so we took a big hit for about a quarter actually so um rebrand for the right reasons if you're changing what your company does or you're you're moving into a different area then then it's worth doing um mackenzie jones has been around for 15 years we will never rebrand that because yeah. the brand is so strong and people have a real attachment to it so i think you've got to be very careful um about rebranding and i think we took advice from a consultancy a branding consultancy and said what what should we do and they were very good. They gave us free advice. We didn't actually use them in the end, but they said, look, these are things you've got to look out for. Mm. So again, we looked, we, we took external advice. Yeah. Find, find someone who is an expert yeah. in their field. Sarah, this is another question that's come in for you. Samantha's listening to, to what we're talking about in terms of buying um, the person who wants to sell their business in rack. And Samantha says, how do I guarantee that a potential buyer is an honest buyer? If I'm looking to sell the company, um, you know, how do you make sure that you're not being tricked by someone and that they're a genuine buyer? Is there anything <laughs> that you need to look out for? I mean, in business, anything can happen, right? But you, you just got to do your research and ensure that it's a genuine um, a gen- genuinely interested party um, there are ways to protect yourself financially I guess um, I would advise escrow escrow services where you know um, if the buyer isn't transferring the money directly into the um, seller's account then use an escrow to, to hold the funds for a certain amount of time to make sure that the funds have actually you know um, been transferred exited yeah, yeah. From, the, from the buyer so 
I mean, yeah, and, and trust, again, David said earlier, trust is also very important in business. But of course, if you're selling your company, you need to make sure that it's going into the hands of the right person and that the transaction, I mean, depending how big the deal is, do you need, you know, a consultancy firm like, you know, the, the big four like Deloitte and Ernst & Young, PwC types uh, to, to help with the with the um, transfer acquisition, do you need someone that big? Or if it's a small thing, then I would say like a lawyer, uh, have proper contractual agreements in place and escrow account services. Okay, do it. Legal. You you cannot go wrong by spending good money with a legal representative to talk through your your purchase or your sale because there are so many minefields out there. And and, and as a business owner, you're very emotionally attached to your business and you think it's worth X amount, when actually often they'll say to you, it's actually not worth that much or it's worth more. So you have to take legal advice and and it's essential. And final question, um, you both can answer this. Um, Sharif has texted in saying, um, do I need to do extensive research to launch my business I have a great idea and every time I sort of hesitate think about it puts me off doing it does there come a point when you go okay it's time to make the leap because you did that you worked Mm. for other recruitment firms for years and then you say look this is my time now I want to start my own business so I guess Sharif is saying the more research I do the less risk I, I, I feel willing to take um I did loads. So my my history is I worked for a massive recruitment company. Then I ran Monster.com, which is an online business. And it was fantastic. But I missed recruitment. So my choice was to go back into another big big recruitment company. I thought, hold on, I reckon I can do this better. And I can do it a different way. So I had very clear objectives of why I wanted to do it. I don't think you can do enough research. And I think you keep researching. But there is a point where you go, actually, right, these research things, they work out. There's a market for it. Uh, make, make sure you do the financials because everyone says, oh, I can survive on X amount of salary for the next year, half that, because you won't get that much yeah. um, and you'll go into debt and stuff like that. So you need to be very clear and you need to get your family on your side. My wife was great. She supported me to the hill. After a lovely big salary, I literally had nothing yeah. for about 24 months. Um, so you need to do it. But ultimately, if you start your business and you've got a good idea and you're really convinced by it, go for it. If it goes wrong, you can go back into corporate again. Okay, perfect. There we must leave it. Thank you so much for your time. We're looking forward to seeing what Mackenzie Jones do in 2020. Thank you so much, David. That's a pleasure. Thank you. This is Dubai Eye 103.8.